I want to title this message, Think More Like a Kid. Turn to someone next to you and say, Think More Like a Kid. You know, sometimes we get, we get like corrected by people and they're like, that's such childish thinking. You're thinking like a child. But you know, Jesus, he actually commends people in, in multiple scriptures for thinking like a child. And I, I want to go there. Matthew 18, uh, verse one. Yeah, you could shout if you want to. The word of God is powerful. Matthew 18, verse one. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and they asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child to him and he placed the child among them. So I'm going to get Ellie for a second. Ellie, let me get you for a little bit. She's watching the screen. I'm coming right here to you. <laughs> Jesus took the child and he placed the child among them. And, it's, and he says this in the next verse. He says, truly I tell you, unless you change and you become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Now let me stop right there. He says, unless you change. In other words, these adults needed some changing. He said, unless you change and you become like a little child. What is it about little children that Jesus loves? And he actually says the kingdom of heaven is for these, these types of people. Like the kingdom of heaven is made for. <laughs> Isn't she so cute? Y'all aren't even listening to the sermon. <laughs> You're just looking at Ellie. She's so beautiful. Uh, but Jesus says, unless you change, unless you change your ways, unless you change your mind, unless you change the way you approach God, the way you approach life, and you become like a child, you will, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And then he says this in the next verse. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, when you take the, the position of a child, you become the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's a powerful thought, that if you want to be great, become more like a kid. If you want to become a great leader, think more like a kid. If you want to become great in the eyes of God, think more like a child. Watch what he says next in the next verse. If you, if you think Jesus, he kind of likes kids, watch what he says next in verse 5. <clears throat> he says, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Whoever welcomes, whoever loves Whoever invites a child in my name, they invite me. So God loves kids. He loves to, to stir up the idea to think like a kid, to become like a kid. And watch what he says in Matthew 19, um, verse 13. Matthew 19, verse 13. People brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. So the disciples, they get upset. They're like, what are you doing bringing kids to Jesus? Get the kids away. This is an adult service only. No kids. They're loud. They're dirty. They say things they shouldn't say. You know, like kids are just kind of rowdy. You just can't contain them. And, and the disciples are getting upset at these parents who are bringing their kids to Jesus. And Jesus rebukes his disciples. He rebukes the adults. And he says in verse 14, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to kids like these. And everybody said, amen. amen. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us this morning. God, help us this morning to grow down. And Lord, to think more like a kid when it comes to approaching you and the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen.
men. As a kid, I, I, I loved just the, I loved the whole gig as a kid. It was a really good gig. Like, I loved that I didn't have to worry about anything, that my parents took care of me. I wasn't taking care of anybody. I, I loved that we had recess four times a day at school. I loved that, that, that I didn't have to work a job, you know? How many of y'all just reflect back on your childhood years and you're like, that was a nice gig, that was a good deal. I like when I had the, the freedom to do whatever I wanted to do, to say whatever I wanted to say, and, and that, that, that like you could get away with it in many cases, because you were a kid, right? And, and as a kid, you were, you were curious. You were interested in things. There was, like, everything was new to you. There was a first time for everything. You were experiencing your first time to maybe try certain foods or uh, first time uh, to a new school, first time. To, and, and there was this wonder, like, oh my goodness, I've never done this before. But then as you get older, you start realizing, I've done this, I've done that. I've been there, I bought the t-shirt, I've tried this, I've tried that. You stop having firsts and you start just kind of settling in you get busy, you get stressed, you get anxious, you now have all these adult responsibilities, you have all these adult thoughts, you know? And Jesus interrupts the disciples and he says, you need to get your childlike play back. You need to get your joy back. You need to come back to the kingdom of heaven like one of these kids. You need to put your rollerblades back on. You need to go back to the playground. You need to go back to the way you first entered the world because you are coming to the kingdom with such an adult, stiff-necked, religious, busy, anxious, stressed-out mindset, you're missing out on the fun that God wants to bring in your life. You're missing out on the, the passion that God wants to add to your relationships. You know, I think about when I was in high school, I had this friend, and um, he, would, he just loosened me up. He was one of those guys that just like, he made me laugh, he would always loosen me up. He could tell when I was getting really serious. And he was a couple years younger than me. His name was Paul. And, um, and so we had the same name. And he was like, bro, are you going to be serious man today? He's like, do we have to deal with serious man today? Can we get fun Paul back? And, and he would always joke with me. He'd be like, please don't turn into a serious man. And, <laughs> and it was really funny because there would be certain days where I was stressed about something. And he would just interrupt how many of you have some people who will just interrupt your seriousness and your intensity? We all need people like that. They just say, hey, chill out. Life is way too short to live stressed, anxious, and constantly serious and intense. That's why I love Victory Church. We are just a church that enjoys God. I don't believe that the calling of the church is to endure Christianity, to endure you know, the presence of God. We gotta endure another sermon. We gotta endure the conference. No, we should enjoy this thing. This, like the church should be the funnest place in the world, the happiest place in the world, right? My kids love coming to Victory because we have fun. We did the slip and slide the other night. We were here till midnight out on that slip and slide hill. If you haven't tried it, y'all need to try it. I'm serious. Like, we're going to do another slip and slide party. We have parties here. I think we had an after party every single night of conference. By the way, how many of y'all stayed for some of the after parties and enjoyed it, right? That, that's fun. And I think as adults, we've got to come back to that realization that God is okay with you having fun. All right, let me, let me show you a story. 2 Samuel 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. David, um, at this time, he's the king of Israel, and he's supposed to be acting like a king. He's supposed to be, you know, doing all the kingly responsibilities. 
Um, and, and the Ark of the Covenant is coming back to Israel. This is 2 Samuel chapter 6. And we'll start with verse 12. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. Um, it had been away from Israel for a while. And so it was a big deal that it was coming back. It was coming back. It would be like, you know, the, the U.S. Uh, Olympia, Olympians coming back with all the gold medals because we won the Olympics. You know, it'd be, it'd be a big deal. Like the whole nation was ready to celebrate that the Ark of the Covenant was coming back home. Verse 12, it says, now King David was told that the Lord had blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything that he had because the Ark of God was there. By the way, when you're in the presence of God, it blesses every part of your house. So David said, we got to get that ark back. We got to get the presence back. We need the blessing of God on our nation. So he goes down to Obed-Edom. He brings back the ark of the covenant. They're returning to Israel and they're rejoicing. They're dancing. They're carrying the ark of the Lord. And um, I want to go all the way to verse 16. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, watched from a window. When she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and they set it in its, in, in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. David sacrificed burnt offerings. After he finished sacrificing the burnt offerings uh, in the name of the Lord, he gave a loaf of bread. He does all this stuff. Verse 20, when David comes back home to bless the household that he's in, Michael, the daughter of Saul, comes out to meet him and says, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel, and I will become even more undignified than this. I will be humiliated in my own Eyes. David was saying, I will dance before the Lord. I will play before the Lord. There's one scripture in Psalms where he says over and over, I will play before the Lord. I will play. I believe David had this childlike faith that it was God who chose him and that God delighted to see him worship him undignified, unashamed, with no adult uh, sense of restrictions or stiff. Like when we come and worship at Victory, you see people dancing across the stage. We say here at Victory, take out your cool card, rip it up, throw in the trash can, because our goal here at Victory is not to act or look cool, but to have an encounter with Jesus and to be authentic and genuine and to let, listen, we need to let our walls come down. As adults, we get so guarded and we become so serious and we feel like, I can't lift my hands, I can't clap. If I dance, I'm gonna look like a fool, I'm gonna be embarrassed. Because as adults, we care so much what people think. My kids, they come in here, they're just like this. <laughs> Literally, during my sermons the last couple weeks, they're like, good word, dad. I'm not saying all you guys need to do that. I'm just saying they don't care what y'all think. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, they will dance. We had a dance party the other night at our house, and they're just doing the funniest dancing. And just, like, it's weird, and it's goofy, and I don't know where they got the moves, but it's hilarious. And they just don't care. They're unashamed. They're having fun. In fact, I was in here yesterday with Liam and Beniah, and um, I think we've got some pictures of, of our kids. You can just throw them up there. By the way, we have some really cute kids. I'm just, I love, we have five kids. 
And I've got to find, like, Ashley and I are finding joy in the journey of raising five kids. We're learning from our kids all the time. Liam is seven, Benaya is six, Mac is three, Ellie is one, and Gianna is three weeks old. And they melt our hearts. But we were in here yesterday. We were playing hide and seek, and they're hiding behind the sound booth. They're crawling underneath the rows. They're climbing in. They're going into doors. They're curious. They don't care what anyone thinks. They're having fun. They just want to spend time with daddy. And as I'm watching my kids love this, they have no clue that we've been in the middle of a conference. They don't care. They're just like, we just want to be with you. And I think God appreciates that childlike passion and awe and wonder and uninhibited, uh, just like undignified praise and worship. I think we get too serious as we get older and God's saying, grow down, grow down a little bit. Jesus tells his disciples, unless you become like Liam and Benaiah and Mac, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven with this adult serious vibe. You've got to come like a kid. You've got to come with childlike joy and faith and wonder and curiosity. So I want to give you a few points of how do I think like a kid? How do I think like a kid? Number one, kids humbly accept help. Kids humbly accept help. In fact, kids, they recognize that they are dependent on you. They need you to buckle their car seat. They need you to get them out of the car seat. They need you to help them get food. They need you to rock them to bed at night. They need you to hold them when they're scared. They are happily dependent on mommy and daddy. The humility of children is so evident. They don't have any pride or ego when it comes to asking for help. It's a beautiful thing to watch, right? But as we, as we get older, we start thinking, I can do this. I don't need your help. I got this. I can do this all by myself. But Jesus says, those who exalt themselves will be humbled but those who humble themselves, everybody say, grow down. Those who humble themselves like a child, they will be exalted. Becoming like a child is becoming meek and submissive. Not weak, but just saying, God, I need you. God, I need you. I love it when my kids need me, right? Like, it just feels good. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little like, okay, you can do this by yourself. But it feels good when Benaiah says, Daddy, Will you come and rock me to bed tonight? Will you come, will you get me a cup of water? You know, and I'm like, well, you got two hands, you could get a cup of water. But there's that, there's that sense of, I am an answer to his problem. God loves it when you need him. God loves to be asked by his kids, Dad, I need your help right now. I'm struggling with my homework. I'm struggling in this relationship. I'm, I'm really like confused. I'm, I'm I'm struggling to feel good enough at school. I'm struggling to get through this season. I, I'm single and I just don't know what to do. God, God says, yes, yes, I love to be needed. Kids humbly accept help. Jesus often tells us if we want to go higher, we've got to go lower. If we want to be greater, we've got to become more humble to say, Lord, I need you. Number two, kids believe without complication. Kids have a way of believing everything you say as if it is fact. It's pretty awesome. They're very gullible, right? Like I could be like, there's an elephant over there. And Liam's like, where? Where did he go? Is he, is he around the hallway? Daddy, I can't find him. And he just believes that there was an elephant walking down the church. 
He believes whatever I say. Kids believe without any complication. There's no doubt. There's no questioning. There's no cynicism. Well, let me Google that for a second, Dad. I don't think you're saying the truth here. Let me look it up on the internet and see, and and let me see what my, like he just believes. But the older we get, we question everything, especially this generation. Because we were taught in the 90s and early 2000s, question everything, question everything. It's been stirring even more in our society. Question all truth, question everything, question this, question that. But Jesus loves it when his kids believe without complication. When we stop trying to Google every single thing that God has said, and we just believe it's factual, and we say, if God said it, he can do it. That's it. It settles it. I'm accepting his promises are yes and amen. Jesus is looking for people who will take him at his word. To have faith like a child means to believe that all things are possible. The currency of the kingdom of heaven is faith. You're sitting in a room that was designed in the mind of Billy Joe Darty. And the reason Billy Joe Darty designed this building in his mind was because he believed that God could do it. He wasn't a rich man. He was a poor kid from Arkansas that moved here believing that God would somehow pay his tuition through Oral Roberts University. Sharon Darty, like they, they just dreamed, they just believed like children in their late 20s, that God could do anything. You're sitting in the fulfillment of a vision of a a grown person that was thinking like a child. You want to go far? Start thinking like a kid. You want to see great things happen? Start thinking like a kid. Start thinking like a kid. No, we shouldn't think like a kid. We got to be grown-ups. We got to be grown-ups. Money doesn't grow on trees, Paul. Miracles don't happen for everybody. They only happen for some people. When you stop believing that God can do the impossible, You start growing up in a way that you're missing the the, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven belongs to kids who believe that God can do anything, that that, that you take to heart the simplicity of God's word and you say, yes, yes, God, I believe you can. Number three, kids say whatever is on their mind. And I love this. (laughs) It's it's pretty hilarious. We We were in the back room and there was a guest speaker here and one of our kids was like, why is his belly so big? And I was like, you know that commercial where it's like an airlines commercial and it's like, you want to get away? I was thinking like, I just wanted to hide. It was, it was so, it was funny. <laughs> and um, our kids say some pretty funny things. Isn't there a show where they like talk about the, the, the craziest things kids say? Uh, kids just say whatever's on their mind. Like they're just really honest. And they say some pretty funny stuff. Uh, like, <laughs> our, kid, our, our, kids, our kids are kind of wild. We're, we're still trying to get them saved and stuff. Um, but I love that kids will wear their hearts on their sleeves and just, like, say, say whatever's on their mind. In fact, the other night, Benny, um, he came up to me and he said, you hurt my feelings. And I love, like, as adults, we don't, we don't want to say anything because we, we don't want to act like anyone hurt our feelings because we're too strong to have our feelings hurt and we got to keep our feelings to ourselves and like no one could ever hurt my feelings because I'm a I'm a grown man and but I love that Benny just came up to me and he said hey you he pokes my belly it's like your belly's getting bigger I'm like stop it okay and he goes you hurt my feelings I said I'm sorry Benny what did I do and he said you talked to Liam and you didn't talk to me And I said, I'm sorry, Benny. I said, I love you. He said, Daddy, I just miss you. 
when are we gonna stop going to church? He's like, we're here all the time. And then he's just like laying down in the lobby. He's like, I'm just gonna sleep here, daddy. He's like, can we just go home? <laughs> Kids just say what's on their mind and, and they'll tell you how they feel. And, and I appreciate that. I think God likes that. I think God likes it when we're honest and we're just like, man, I'm just burned. I'm just tired. I'm just hurting. I'm just, and God says, talk to me, talk to me. I think we're taught sometimes in the word of faith movement that you're never allowed to share your feelings, um, that sharing your feelings is like terrible and, and God rebukes you for sharing your feelings, except for the fact that we have a book called Psalms. And I don't know why God would put that book in the Bible if he didn't want you to talk to him about how you feel. I honestly think it's this whole journal where David's like, man, I feel hurt. I feel tired. I feel like I feel like my friends stabbed me in the back. I feel like people are saying stuff about me. It's not true. And, and you're like, oh, calm down, David. Word of faith. You're not allowed to say how you feel. And God's like, actually, I put that book in the Bible so that you guys could be human and give yourself permission to be human and talk to me about what's going on in your heart and your mind. And then let God begin to bring healing to you. But you can't receive healing if you deny your feelings. So he says, come, say what's on your mind. Talk to me. Tell me what's happened. I can't, I can't heal Benny's heart if Benny's afraid to tell me how he feels. Like if Benny's like, I can't tell mom and daddy how I feel because I'm going to get rebuked if I tell them that they hurt my feelings. I want my kids to come to me so that I can bring healing and say, hey, look, I love you just as much as I love your brother. And just because he gets a miracle sometimes or a blessing or he gets a gift doesn't mean you're not going to get one. It's okay to talk to God about things. Number four, kids are affectionate. They're affectionate. They immediately want to be held. <laughs> Did y'all notice when we were doing the victory confession, me kissing Ellie's cheeks? And I don't know if you saw it, but I was kissing her cheeks, and at first she was like this. But when I started kissing her cheeks, she goes. <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> the kisses were just kind of warming her up. She, like kids love affection. They, they want to be hugged by their parents. That's why maybe if you grew up in a home where your parents never showed affection, you can change it in the next generation. It's okay to hug your kids. It's okay, it's okay to give your daughter a kiss on the cheek. It's okay to show that healthy affection actually helps them later on in life. Kids, they, they crave affection. They crave to be held, to be loved, to be told that, they're, that, 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 that they are the apple of their parents' eyes. They want to be cuddled. They want their hands to be held. They want the kiss on the cheek. And in the same way, God says, I want you to come to me with a desire for intimacy and not just information. I don't want you to come to me just for Instagram clips and Twitter bites and, and just little bits of a, a Sunday service. I want you to crave an intimate relationship with Jesus where you linger in the presence of God and you go, God, I came in here with a lot of pain and a lot of suspicion about all these people, but the second I encountered your presence, I was gushing. I was feeling something. I was experiencing your presence and your power and it was changing. All the walls were breaking down. Kids are affectionate. Number five, Kids are excitedly curious. They love to explore. They're a bit uncivilized. They like to try new things. They love to uncover mysteries. They're hungry to know more. They want to experience life and all that it has to offer. And Jesus loved the curiosity of children. There was something about their curiosity that made him feel like he could give them something more. Whereas adults, we come in and we're like, 
Been there, done that. Nothing new you could teach me. I've already figured it all out. We've lost our curiosity. The, 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 it's like for some reason, the older we get, the less questions we ask, the less we want to explore, the less mysteries there are in life. But Jesus says, come back to that childlike wonder and awe and curiosity. Come back to the, the questions you used to ask and, and the desire to know more about God and his plan for your life. Because it's in that curiosity. When we read the story of Moses in Exodus 3, it says God appeared to him in a burning bush and was calling him to this burning bush. But, but there was no voice yet. It was just the bush was on fire. And it says, as Moses was tending his father-in-law Jethro's sheep, he looked over and he saw a strange sight. He saw a bush that was burning and he thought to himself, I am curious to know what's going on over there. I'm going to see this strange sight. I'm gonna get a little closer. Curiosity draws us closer to something. It causes us to investigate a little bit more. And so as Moses got closer, the voice of God began to speak. Curiosity draws us to hear the voice of God even more. Number six, kids are content in the little things. They're content in the little things. My son Liam prayed, this was about three years ago, he, he brought an offering to church. And um, he had been saving up, and <laughs> I just found out in the last service, it was $100, which Ashley and I still don't know where he got this $100 from. I don't know if he stole it from BB or Grand Grand or, I don't know. We're just gonna believe the best. He had $100 from a lot of different things, been mowing lawns or whatever. <laughs> He's five years old. We teach him to work at a young age. No, <laughs> but, but he had $100. He gives it in the offering, and he prays, and he says, Mommy, do you know what I prayed for? And she said, No, what'd you pray for? And he said, I prayed that God's gonna send us to Disney World as a family. And, um, and we were like, okay, well, if God wants to do that, we'll see you know, what happens. Well, a person who didn't even go to our church, wasn't a member here, a few months later called Ashley and said, I have been praying, she owns a company, and she said, I just felt the Lord said, I'm supposed to sponsor your family to go to Disney World together. We literally were like, oh. There's no way Liam could have called her. He doesn't have a cell phone. He doesn't know this woman. We had not shared the story to any friends or in front of the church. We were like, God, you answer Liam's prayers. And we told Liam, and he was like, I knew it was gonna happen. The confidence of this kid. And Jesus says, think like a kid. Turn to someone next to you and say, think like a kid. All right, but, but here's the point of that story. We went to Disney World, and it was pretty good. I mean, like, I'm not gonna complain. I'm content. But there were long lines. It was sweaty. I'm not complaining. But it was like, <sighs> you know what I'm saying. Just theme parks. And it was crowded, and, and the kids were having fun. And we were staying at like a 2.5 star hotel. Not that that matters, but you know, as adults, we, we look at all the reviews and it, like, well, how many stars is it and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. It's good, like we're fine. You know, the older we get, we pay attention to so many reviews. It's almost like we won't go eat somewhere if we don't think the reviews are good or we won't go somewhere. We pay attention to so much complaining and criticism in our society. Be careful that you don't cancel things out just because of someone else's review. Because some people just, they live with bad reviews about everything. So we're at this hotel. The pool is a small little pool. There's pee-pee everywhere from other kids. It's, I mean, it's an interesting situation. And our kids were having so much fun. 
We were like, do you guys want to go to Disney World? No, we just want to play in the pool. And I was like, then why did we buy tickets to Disney World? You know? <laughs> but they were content in the little things. And the older we get, for some reason, we think everything's got to be perfect for me to be happy. If it's not my way, it's not good. If it's, if it's not four stars, if it's not this, if not that, we become so bougie when we get older. Like everything's got to be so perfect and it's got to be like we're divas. And Jesus says, come down, grow down, my friends. You will enjoy life a whole lot more if you come like a kid and stop acting like a grown up. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who I'm talking to. All right, number seven. I want the band to come out. It's getting the, the crowd is getting rough right now. Number seven. Kids love to laugh. They love to smile. They love to have fun. Yet, listen, you can grow older without aging. You can, you can, you can have another year. My birthday's in a couple weeks. And, and like every year that I have another birthday, I, I, I want to never lose the childlike playfulness that God blessed me with. Like we were born to laugh. And as babies, did you know as a baby, you laughed up to 100 times a day? But by the time you become 18 years old, people last, laugh less than 24 times a week. That's the average that scientists have said, that adults will laugh less than 24 times a week. But as babies, we're laughing 100 times a day. What happens? We grow up. We see painful things. We're in, we're, we're, we are uh, experiencing difficult disappointments in life. We become cynical. The things that used to make us laugh no longer make us laugh. We're checked out on our phones. And we're not even enjoying it. Like, what, what are we doing? This isn't even fun. Put it down and smile and just enjoy life. There's something about just, like, enjoying, enjoying each other and, and laughing and telling a story and being the first one that laughs at the table to say, Mom, that's hilarious. You know? And, and that's, God loves it when we do that. When I, was, when I first stepped in as pastor, I felt like I had to be very stiff. I would wear a suit and um, stopped rollerblading. And <laughs> I, I just, I had to wear a tie. I had to, I had to meet the version of what some of the men in our church told me I needed to be. And they sat me down and they put on, they put on their own armor on me. And they said, you need to be this. You need to stop having fun. This isn't 3D. This isn't the young adult group. Stop acting like you're, you're 28 years old. You need to start acting like you're 56. And like, I kid you not, I, I accepted it to the point where even my own wife would be like, loosen up. And I'd be like, I can't, I can't. This is, this, I, I've got a heavy responsibility. I can't loosen up. You don't understand that you know, carrying the church is a heavy thing. And she said, but it's not supposed to be. And I said, you don't understand. So-and-so told me that I have to be serious. I have to be serious. And I, I can't cut up and I can't make jokes and I can't wear jeans and I definitely can't wear a t-shirt and you know, all this stuff. And, and I was so stiff and so intense and so serious and stressed and anxious. And my mind wasn't even enjoying things at times. And about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, like I was gradually getting more and more free to just be me, but something snapped and I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a hundred percent Paul David Doherty and I'm not going to apologize anymore for my jeans or my t-shirt or my humor or my cringy sermon illustrations and my cringy stories and my cringy jokes. My brother said, victory church is built on the gospel and Paul's cringiness. No, it's built on the gospel. And, um, but I just, 
it, something broke and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna have fun. Life is way too short to be so stressed and serious and stiff and heavy. Jesus said, come to me, you who are heavy burdened. My yoke is easy. Following me is supposed to be light. You should have a light heart. David said, I will play before the Lord. I will play. He didn't just mean play the guitar. He meant like play, like go have fun. Go outside this week. Laugh. And, and, and so our friends uh, at the church, they put together like a compilation of all my cringy, funny moments. And um, I thought I would show it to you this morning because I started loosening up and you guys want to see just, all right, it's real short. All right, check this out. Just a few clips that might make you smile or cringe. done. I've got a few more pearls. Can you hang on for a few more pearls? Y'all are like, what is happening right now? All right. So, I mean, you guys already know, like it just gets cringy around here, but it's fun. We should have fun. Church should be fun. <laughs> so, um, the other night when, when I think it was either John Bevere or Bishop Jakes, whenever they were done preaching, I came on the stage, we were singing a fast song and Brandon, our drummer back there was like, come back here and drum with me. I don't actually know if he said that. I just went back there and started drumming with him and I took his drumsticks and I think we got a video. I got into this like Star Wars fight with one of the guys on stage. We start, you know, fighting with the drumsticks. And people were losing it laughing. I was laughing. My brother was like, what is happening right now? We just have fun here at Victory. You know, last night, Pastor Craig Rochelle said this, and um, he said, it is so good here. I said, what do you mean? He goes, like, there is such an uplifting, positive, fun atmosphere. He goes, I, I feel amazing in this place. He's like, do you feel this? And I said, I feel it every single week. It just gets lighter and sweeter, and it's just like the joy of the Lord is growing in our church. And he said, man, I feel it. He's like, it felt so good to preach here. He's like, this, is, this isn't happening in America right now. He said, I've preached at some large churches, and he said, churches have shrank during the pandemic, but your church has grown. And I said, man, it's, it's the grace of God, it's the presence of God. And he said, and there's a culture here there's a healthy culture of joy and laughter. He's like, I love seeing the teenagers just rowdy down front, pushing each other during worship and laughing and jumping. We're intentional at Victory that we want you to have fun. 
That's why we did an after party every night during conference, because we just want the church to be a place that when you come here, you might come with a lot of hurts, a lot of burdens, but you're going to leave with victory. You're going to leave with more encouragement. You're going to leave with more joy. You might leave with just another more laugh this week than you had last week. Number eight, kids forgive quickly. They don't hold on to offenses. They don't carry a list of wrongs. Daddy, let me tell you the last Last few things you did wrong this week. No, they forget every single day. They don't come into church offended at the church, sitting down with Pastor Amy, trying to deconstruct theology and say, I am so offended at the body of Christ right now. They don't, they don't carry offenses. Kids are quick to forgive. But for some reason, the older we get, the more offended we get. And we need to grow down. Come to the kingdom like a kid. Kids are not wound up with this intense anger towards people. As they get older, they might become that way if they continue to learn it in the behavior from families and friends. But kids are born with a sense of mercy that, that, that every day is a new day. Number nine, kids rest well. Once they fall asleep, it might take a while for our kids to fall asleep, but once they fall asleep, they are out. They sleep well because they know daddy's going to be there tomorrow. Mommy's going to be there tomorrow. They sleep well because they trust everything's going to be okay. There's going to be food on the table tomorrow. Why don't we sleep well? It's because we're worried about tomorrow. We're stressed about tomorrow. We're, we're guilty about today. We feel like we didn't get enough done today. But kids, they fall asleep on the way home. I got to carry them to their rooms. They fall asleep in the car ride after church. They're out. They're like, it was a good day. I did nothing. <laughs> it was a good day. I went to church and played on the playground. <sighs> you know, like they're just, they rest. And as adults, we got to get better at that. Number 10, kids are unashamed. They're free to be themselves. They're free to praise undignified. They're not looking around wondering if, the, if it's the right set list, if they played your favorite song, if the singers are dressed in the right appropriate attire. They're not criticizing everything. They're just unashamed to worship God. They're unashamed to lift their hands, to come down to an altar call. Like if I did an altar call right now in children's church, I guarantee you almost every single kid would come down. I, it just happens. I go and preach to our kids' chapels and the whole room responds. I'm like, who needs Jesus? Who needs to get saved? They're all like, I need to. I'm coming down right now. Who's lied in the last week? They're like, me, me, I lied, I lied. Who punched their brother? I did, I did, yeah. Who was jealous this week of their sister's dress? I was, I was so jealous, I was so jealous. And they're just like, but as adults, we're like, no one can know. I care way too much what people think. Paul, you're only gonna get like five people at the altar call today because this is way too vulnerable for us. Don't expect any of us to be honest. And Jesus says, grow down. Think like a kid. Doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. If you sinned and you need forgiveness, come. Come unashamed. Come vulnerable. Come transparent. And here's the last point right here. Kids run to their father. Kids run to their father. They just want to spend time with their dad. Kids run to their father. Will you stand to your feet all over this place? I remember... In high school, my senior year, my dad's office was on the third floor of our school, at Victor Christian School, and um, it, was, it was a really long day that day. It was a really bad day. I'd had some things happen that just kind of made the day feel like a terrible day. 
and it was in the afternoon, and I was kind of just like done. Not just done with the day, but honestly just done. Have you ever been there where you're just like, man, I'm just done. Like, I just need a vacation from, from everything right now. Only three of us in the room have ever been there before. <laughs> I'm just like, did anyone hear that question? <laughs> All right, so that's where I was at. And I thought, okay, I'm just gonna go up to my dad's office. Why did I feel like I could go to my dad's office? Because he had created the kind of relationship with me where I knew that if I was having a bad day, I could talk to him. I pray that I, I create that same type of relationship with every one of my kids, that they don't feel embarrassed to tell me that their feelings are hurt or that they're having a bad day or they messed up or they sinned or they looked at something they shouldn't have or said something they shouldn't have. It was like my dad created a, a healthy invitation culture. So I come to his office, I knock on it, and the business guys in the, in the office, he was meeting with a couple guys in suits and ties, and they open the door and they say, your dad's busy right now, he's in a meeting. And I was like, oh, okay. So I start walking down the hallway, and I'm just like, man, what do I do? I'm just, what a terrible day it's been. And next thing I know, I feel the tap of my dad's hand on my shoulder, and he says, Polly. That's what he would call me, he'd be like, Polly. And I said, yes. I said, Dad, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. And he said, no, you're not an interruption. You're not an interruption. I said, well, you're in the middle of a meeting. He goes, no. He goes, my kids can always come to me. You're the most important people that I'm supposed to meet with. And when he said that, I didn't even have to tell him anything. He could just read it on my face because I, I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve sometimes. And I, I just showed him, I said, Dad. And he said, come here. And he just hugged me. He just hugged me and prayed for me. Lord, I just pray for peace that passes all understanding, whatever's going on in Paul's mind or heart. Thank you, God, that he can cast his cares on you. I want to pray for sons and daughters today. And you might think, well, I'm not a son or daughter. I'm 57 years old. I'm 68 years old, Paul. I'm a grown woman. I'm not a daughter. I'm not talking about you being my kids. I'm talking about you being his kids. Are you still his kid? Yeah, if you're 97 years old, me and Grand Grand are matching today, by the way. She's got a blue shirt, white. We're matching. Grand Grand is still God's daughter. She's 97, but she is his baby girl. That's God's baby girl over there. You're never too old to be a kid. You're never too old to be a kid. And the second you think you are, you're missing the kingdom of heaven. So would you just close your eyes all over this room? I know I went late today. It's the end of the conference. If you're here right now and you just need, maybe you just need God's healing presence on your mind, your heart. Maybe there's some things you just need to share with God. Maybe you need more faith. Maybe you need more joy. Maybe you need forgiveness. Maybe you just need God to renew your mind, give you back that curious heart, that faith-filled heart. Maybe you've been walking through some stuff, you got some burdens, and you just need to run to the Father. If that's you all over this room, would you just lift your hand today? Unashamed, unafraid, yeah, yeah, man. If you raised your hand or you just need to respond today, will you leave your seat? Come and join me at this altar. 
Let's just come like kids today. Just come to the Father. If you need healing, if you need grace, if you need joy, if you need peace, if you need mercy, if you need faith, if you've just been doubting lately, you just need your faith restored. Maybe your mind has been a mess lately. Maybe your mind has just been filled with anxiety or stress or anger or offense. Maybe some people have hurt you. And you just say, man, would you pray for my mind? It's hard for me to let go of some things that have happened to me or things that I did or things that others said or whatever it is, bring it to the altar. His healing power is here, his grace is here, his love is here, his joy is here, his freedom is here. And he says, unless you become like one of these, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Come like a kid, come, come as you are. Tell me what's on your mind. He says, yes, put your heart out on your sleeve. It's okay to tell me what's happening. It's okay, you don't have to be guarded around God. You don't have to keep the walls up. He says, I get it, I understand. I'm with you, I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna heal you, I'm gonna touch the areas of your life where you've been hurt. We're just gonna worship for a little bit right now. and Let's just take this time down at this altar as you're here, just surrendering it to Jesus. Just give it to Jesus.
Maybe you're here right now and you're in need of salvation. Maybe you just need to repent and give your heart to Jesus. If that's you today, just raise your hand. If you need to get saved or you just need to get right with God, we want to invite you to join with us today. Awesome. Awesome. Let's give a big hand for all those that just raised their hand. Today is your day for a new start. I want us just to pray this prayer today. Just say, Jesus, I'm all yours. I repent and I receive your forgiveness. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I need you, God. I need your help. Holy Spirit, I need you. I'm counting on you every day. I receive your joy, your peace. Help me to come like a child with faith, with wonder, with hope, with belief in your word. I run to you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I just receive it right there at the altar. I just believe God's pouring out his healing grace to you. I just imagine God's giving you a big bear hug and he's saying, I love you. I forgive you. I'm for you. You didn't miss it. It's not too late. God says, I'm working those things together for good. I'm working it out. Yeah, I just picture just a, like a big hug. He's just coming and he's saying, I've got you. You're my girl. You're my guy. You are my son. I also just imagine just the hand of God just touching your mind. And he's saying, be at peace. Be at peace. Allow yourself to rest. Allow yourself to laugh more. Allow yourself to enjoy what God's given you. Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, what then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things that we need for life? And who will bring a charge or condemnation against those whom God has chosen? For it is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Because Christ Jesus who died, more than that, was raised to life, sits at the right hand of God, and he intercedes for his kids. So who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Church, we are more than conquerors. You got the victory. Let's go share it. Let's go spread it. Were you guys blessed this year at Victory Conference 2021? I love you. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week.